Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Warden. My guest today is Peter Heilbronn. Peter's winery is called Tenuta Bellafonte, and it's in the Montefalco region of Umbria in central Italy. Welcome, Peter. Thank you. Welcome uh, to you. Obvious question. Heilbronn is the name of a town in Germany. Are you from Germany? Well, this is a good question because uh, my family has German origin. They do not belong from the city of Heilbronn, but uh, from another city that is called Pforzheim. But uh, I grew up uh, in uh, in Italy, not in Umbria, but in northern Italy, Milano. Okay, how did you end up in Umbria with the winery? Well, after a long career in the food and beverage uh, industry, uh, I decided to set up my own business. I was uh, a wine lover but uh, at a certain point I decided to jump on the other side of the glass and to start producing wine. The reason why I chose Umbria, I knew Umbria, I knew Sagrantino and I strongly believed that uh, uh, we could do something more elegant, refined out of this fantastic grape. So when you said you had experience of Sagrantino before, was this on business trips you would order a bottle of Sagrantino? How how, How did you get to know the wine before you became a wine grower here? I've been working in Umbria uh, because it was in the chocolate business and I've been in charge of Pegugina. You probably know the Bacci. And, it's a very uh, famous uh, brand of uh, Very chocolate. famous brand of chocolate. And for that reason, I lived in, in Umbria for a couple of uh, years. And being a good wine drinker, I had the occasion to drink uh, some or more bottle of Sagrantino. So when you were doing that, drinking the wines, how were the wines still? Were they modernist then? Or were they very traditional, very tannic, very dry, very tough? What I point out, uh, compared with my uh, my preferred wine, I don't say in absolute term, but for my taste, I find them too traditional, too uh, concentrated, uh, far from what I really, uh, for the kind of wine that I really love. So a little bit heavy, a bit over-extracted. Too heavy, too, too over-extracted. That's right. to too drink. much wood, too much everything. So when you came here, what? Uh, how did you choose the vineyard you ended up buying? I had the occasion to visit different areas here in the, in the, in the region, and it ended up that I find a quite isolated place with some vineyards in place in the hill with very good exposition and everything and this was a starting point but from this start then we develop other vineyards and we will build up our winery completely under soil and at a very low energy consumption that could self-sustain from an energetic point of view with all these kind of things that I believe were important. Were you one of the first to do that in this region? energy efficient uh, winery probably not uh, one of the first uh, for sure one of the first that uh, uh, make uh, all the winery out of this uh, concept uh, in terms of uh, efficiency and self uh, uh, sustained energy uh, winery are you getting any geo- geothermal energy or not or is it just underground uh, gravity no uh, geothermic here is not a good choice because uh, you don't have water you just have uh, very thick soil so it doesn't work very well so we choose uh, biomass heaters so we burn uh, the the part of the wood that we produce 
and uh, solar energy. We are in central Italy, so sun is quite uh, good and we have many days of sunny. So with uh, those two power suppliers, we build up our winery and uh, the fact that uh, all the production area is under soil means also that we need uh, very little uh, energy coming from the outside. Very little air conditioning and cooling. and We don't have air conditioning because the the winery is uh, under soil and and has a continuous exchange with external soil because uh, there is no separation. So it rains into the winery and there is uh, the, the climate is, is done naturally, so we don't need any air conditioning. Have other people copied you here then, having seen your success with your winery in, in terms uh, of energy efficiency? Because there has been a bit of a boom here with people coming into the region and taking over vineyards and maybe not always having their own winery. Probably the more recent, uh, yes. What is interesting is, and I don't know if it's only due to my activity and my choices but uh, is that all the Sagrantinos most of the Sagrantino are moving to a more let's say modern style and um, and this is important to make this wine a little more popular around the world so when you say modern style you mean starting of the wine I mean uh, the wine yes yeah so what do you mean by that uh, I mean that moving from a over extracted very traditional wine to something that is more modern more approachable with more uh, perfumes, uh, a better balance of uh, acidity, the tannins better handled. We do that in a very simple way because we uh, we just uh, use our grapes and, uh, and no other help. Let's say that. We uh, ferment entire berries, so we don't press the berries. So whole, whole berries? All berries, yes. So we don't press it, so we don't extract from the seeds that contain a lot of green tannins. We don't extract mechanically from the skin. We have a carbonic maceration. So and Beaujolais, Beaujolais style, you could say, whole, whole berry fermentation, intracellular fermentation. And uh, then we use only large cask for a period that is a year longer than what is the minimum required by the consortium. Uh, because in large cask you need more time, but at the end you have a wine that has less uh, tannins from the wood and just uh, a port from uh, from the grapes. So when you say large wood, are you talking about um, large oak vats or large barrels, botty, 500 uh, litres? Large uh, um, oak vats. We are talking about uh, 50 hectolitres vats. So right, that's so 6,000 bottles worth. 6,000 bottles, exactly. So they are very large, but uh, they are very, very good for the kind of wine that uh, we, uh, we look for. It's quite Burgundian quite low burning with whole berries and minimising I think it's very interesting what you're saying about minimising extraction from the pips because that seems to be a bit of a no-brainer for me and I'm surprised um, I haven't heard more people talking about that and then with the larger oak there's no real risk that you're going to make a wine that's too oaky there's less risk of oxidation losing the fruit you've got a real logic a real plan um, to what you've been doing right? That's right I've been planning it for many years uh, drinking a lot of different bottles making my own idea visiting uh, different wineries so when I came here I had uh, all the project in my mind so I had very little help from uh, professional and so on I had my idea of a winery how you wanted it isn't that often the best thing that you somebody has there rather than relying on a consultant that somebody has their own plan otherwise everything just becomes like derivative doesn't it it's the same that's, same old, that's same exactly old. the problem today uh, I think that there are a lot of good wines but what is important from my point of view is to, to have some wines that express a specific personality and this may come only from uh, the mind of uh, a single uh, person then it's right or wrong this has to be judged from uh, people that buy the 
the bottles, but I also didn't visit many wineries here in the area because I just don't wanted to be too much influenced by that. I want to follow my plan. I had the help of an enologist because uh, even if I have an, uh, an, an agricultural degree and I studied a lot, uh, I couldn't know everything. So I have a good friend that is Beppe Caviola, that is a good enologist from Piemonte, that um, follow me in this uh, project and help me in, uh, in um, setting it in the right way making and reducing the mistakes. Eh? Interesting you're talking about Piemonte because you think about Nebbiolo, which is can be an ethereal wine and it can be the toughest, hardest, most bitter red wine that you can possibly find on the planet virtually and with Sacrantino it's a very tannic grape variety so it's interesting that you've got that sort of influence from Piemonte to try and soften and brighten if you'd like the, the Sacrantino yes Piemonte has a very long experience in handling a very tannic um, grape as you said uh, also handling uh, Nebbiolo is very difficult but they are able they had they has been able to make a fantastic wine a very elegant uh, and very refined so I thought that was uh, from there that uh, we had to pick the, the right uh, points to set uh, my business in Umbria right. What makes you happiest? Are you happiest when you're in the winery and in the vineyard or you're happiest doing what your previous career was selling? The answer is easy. <laughs> <laughs> I like very much being in uh, in my winery and in the vineyards, uh, but I also find very interesting and very pleasant uh, to be with the people that uh, then uh, drink the wine, uh, has to sell it, uh, because it gives me a lot of feedback on how the wine is uh, and how the, is the perception. And uh, it's very nice to talk about something that uh, you just don't have to sell, but uh, that is part of yourself. What's the nicest thing, if you're out selling and somebody tastes your wine for the first time, they say, oh, that's, what's the nicest thing they can say? Two things. First, uh, it's different from my idea of Sagrantino. And second, uh, I like uh, the, the perfume because for me, the nose is uh, one of the most important parts of the drinking wine. So what aromas do we normally get from Sagrantino? Uh, a lot of fruit, a lot of uh, nice and uh, richness. Uh, sometimes you have also some uh, herbs. And uh, if you get used to, to, to drink and to... Uh, and to taste uh, Sagrantino, you will find uh, most of other grapes uh, less rich and less interesting than Sagrantino. So it's a very, very nice grape. So traditionally, if we think of a traditional Sagrantino, say an old, slightly old-fashioned one, a little bit tannic, obviously a lot of fruit as well, the perception is you to have a big steak with that. What wines, with a wine from your winery, what are we going to, what, what would we have with that? Would we have a little piece of lettuce or something like that because they're so delicate? Or would we actually have a no, no. Is it still a Sagrantino? But uh, I may say that you don't have to uh, to eat uh, heavy meat uh, to to uh, have pleasure drinking my wine. You mo- you also may have a nice uh, pasta with uh, ragu or lasagne because it, it has enough acidity to support also tomato-based uh, dishes and the cheese as well. Cheese for sure. Okay, so let's go through some of your wines. Um, let's start with the white wines first. You make a wine called Arnetto, which is a yes. Trebbiano Spoletino, is that right? That's right. By the way, we make only two wines, a red and a white, so... That's easy. Uh, that's easy. Right, we can go <laughs> Arnetto is a Spoletino. Trebbiano is a misleading word because it's a family that is not a family that put together
together grapes that has nothing to do one with the other. Do you think they'll change the name? Has it been changed already? Is it just going to be called Spolettino? Make it's, life a lot easier. I, I, I would, it? I would, uh, I would fight for that. Uh, it's not easy because there is a lot of rules for changing uh, the name of a grape. But honestly, it would be much more clear. Trebbiano was the generic name for the white wine of the country. So it put together grapes that has nothing to do one with the other. Our Umbrian uh, Spoletino is a fantastic grape with a great uh, potential in terms of flavors, in terms of longevity, is, is really fantastic. And that's the reason why I decided to make a white wine that was not in my initial plan. Arneto means in the local dialect reborn. And the reason of this name is that 15 years ago, this variety was nearly disappeared, only a few plants left. And then and due to some producer, it come back, and today we are rediscovering this uh, this variety. So is that just made in stainless steel? No, uh, it's made only in my large cask, 50 hectoliters. How did I guess? And uh, so the the the, um, the wood uh, is just a, a container. A it's container. Not, not adding the actual. Oak it's taste. not adding adding much. It's just a way to ferment it naturally in the in the wood to have malolactic done because we do not filter our wines. At all so malolactic is uh, is done and then we leave on the lease for another three four months before decanting it and bottling it how does the taste of the arnetto the spolettino wine change over time when it's just bottled how does it taste the texture the flavor and after say five or six or seven years well the taste just bottled need at the starting four or five months before having it ready for drinking and is a good balance of persistency, of uh, freshness and some fresh flavors. And after some years, uh, you have an evolution that moves to more minerality and uh, very interesting and very refined uh, taste. Flavors? Fruit, white fruit? Uh, yes. Okay, you're like me, you're not great on giving fruits to, to names to what I'm terrible at that. People say, oh, <laughs> That's right, I'm that's why terrible. I'm... <laughs> yeah. is, uh, is, uh, what I like in, in Arnet is that you have a very easy and creamy starting. That's safe. And then it opened yeah. up uh, very, uh, with a lot of persistency and very uh, nice and rich flavors. So it's a, it's a complete wine. And what we try uh, we try to avoid is to have uh, a heavy white because I think that white in any case has to maintain a certain interesting lightness even if you want to have a real wine. See, that your Arnetto sounds like a wine where you have a, gl- a glass or half a glass of it and it's like a meal in itself. You don't actually need any food with that. Oh, the food is always very good uh, here with white meat, uh, with uh, light cheese, uh, is with uh, cooked uh, fish is very good. Now tell me about your Montefalco Sagrantino, it's called Collinottolo. Yes, Collinottolo is the name of the hill where we are, and uh, due to the fact that the vineyards are around the winery, the, the name makes uh, a lot of uh, sense because it represents where we are. It's a Sagantino 100%, and uh, as we were talking before, it's done with a very simple procedures, hand-picked, distemmed but uh, not pressed, a spontaneous fermentation with uh, the yeast of our grape, and after that, that, uh, we just decant it uh, and uh, for a couple of months and then we put in the large cask at least for three years before bottling it without filtering. So that's it without, uh, without any addition or filtering or whatever may alterate uh, the, the essence of the wine and the vitality of the wine. So when you started your winery and you had to get staff 
to work in the vineyard and in the winery. Did you choose young people that had no preconception because you have some quite different ideas to the norm, or did you hire old, wizened, bearded no, men no. I, I'm, I'm, stuck in the stuck in the fifties? I take your point. Uh, I take young people without any prejudice on on. Um, how things has to be done and uh, I've been working now a little less because I'm moving a little more on the commercial side but at the beginning I was really involved in every single step in the winery today I have uh, Luca that is a fantastic uh, guy young that helped me and uh, know perfectly how things has to be done and how we decide to do that so I may trust a lot what are your most important export markets we have uh, let's say two biggest in export market one is United States and the other is Switzerland. Both like uh, our wines, uh, the red and also the, the white. That is more recent, so it's still in development because it's only three years that we produce it. A young guy like you, what does the future hold? Any more, any more developments can we see in your winery? Well, every year we tend to make some trials, uh, something different, uh, trying to improve because even if our wine has a very good rating and very good reviews, uh, you always have to thing to improve what is sure even if i don't have a, a new wine in 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 portfolio is that it will be a, a wine with a reason to exist so it must have a project behind and not just to make a range of products do you think you'd you'd plant another native grape variety you wouldn't plant an international one though would you no for sure there will be no international variety in in our plants it will be other native variety like uh, Sangiovese or other. you got, you got an red. idea, haven't you, already? you got a plan. Other red. Other uh, race. White, no, I don't like very much uh, Grechetto, but it's mm. my, my point. Uh, so for the white, I think that uh, Spolitino is uh, the best. On the red, uh, there are some interesting uh, local grapes uh, that uh, may give uh, interesting wines. Huh? Great, okay. All right, we'll have to get you back when you've planted them. Sure, I will be. <laughs> so I want to say thanks very much to Peter Halbron for coming in today talking about Tenuta Bella Fonte. Um, it's always good to talk to someone that has got a winery but had a real plan before doing anything and it makes such a difference I think it it makes a difference environmentally it makes a difference economically it makes a difference in terms of wine quality it probably makes a difference to to your blood pressure as well absolutely um, and quality of life eh? yeah and you can (laughs) and it's also easier for the staff when you go away it's like you've created a system that's really easy to work in yes for sure if you want me if you want to hire me as your PR guy I'm I'm great good I'm waiting for you thank you very much it's been a real pleasure to meet you and I look forward to coming and seeing your winery and meeting Sabrina, who is your your wife. Good. Thank you very much. We're waiting for you. Very kind. Thanks for coming in. And everybody that would like to come to visit our winery. Yeah, it looks beautiful on the on the little diplion that you given me. Good. Very smart. No, I no, also see the solar panels. A nice landscape around, so it's uh, it's very nice. And uh, we taste the wine from uh, from the barrel, and uh, it's very interesting. I mean, uh, to come and visit us. Yeah, I'd love to try some of the wine from uh, from Wooden Fat actually to see how the whole you know the fact that you're not extracting anything from the pips. No, and also right. the fact that we don't make any blend or whatever. This is exactly the wine that a couple of years later you will have in the bottle. So it's interesting to see the evolution of the wine in the cask. Yeah, it's easy when you do vertical tasting as well because everything is the same. This is always the same. One grape in this one, one grape in the red wine, one grape in the white wine. Really easy. And you can track the evolution. Exactly. just want to say thanks very much to my guest today, Peter Halbron of Tenuta Bellafonte in Montefalco. Thank you to you. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. 